Hi, and welcome to another reincarnation episode. We previously explored an interesting reincarnation story that mostly stands on its own. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, you may want to go back and check it out. It has some background information on how many Americans believe in reincarnation and what scientists have to say about it. If you miss any references we make, they are probably to previous episodes. So remember, you can always go back and then rejoin us here. And go back again. And rejoin us here again. And go back again. And rejoin us here. And go back again. And... Spooky party people, welcome back if you're among our devout listeners, and if it's your first time listening, hi, welcome for the first time of listening. <clears throat> uh, we're going to give you a heads up if you're not familiar with the show. We talk about death. What? No. Yeah, uh, like a, a lot. <laughs> We don't get too graphic when we describe how someone died, but you might as well be forewarned that there is a quick description of a death by motor vehicle slash bicycle accident in this episode, Mm -hmm. which is the third part in our reincarnation series. I mean, it's a podcast about death. Just lay it all out on the table there. Our little show wouldn't have lasted as long as it has without the continued support of listeners like you. And our first ever listener to shout us out... You know, uh, who's not like a personal friend. They get nothing from us. <laughs> um, is none other than the incomparable Carla Valentine. Yay! Yeah. So if you're familiar with her work, you can imagine that some amount of fangirling went on when she regrammed our Instagram post on our makeup episode. Is that a thing? Regrammed? I don't know. You uh, heard it here, folks. <laughs> Her resume includes mortician, uh, curator of a pathology museum, Ah. mm -hmm, teacher at a forensic academy. She is a book author. Dang. Uh, She's been on BBC television shows and podcasts. I'm running out of sound. (laughs) And uh, she consulted on the autopsy of Jane Doe. So, I mean, the woman is a highly accomplished expert in her field, and she took the time to shout us out on her morticult social page Yay! yeah i'm still blushing about it frankly i can tell a word of warning though (laughs) uh she's often elbow deep in corpses so much of her work is is graphic yeah like as graphic as graphic gets nope so if you're game for graphic definitely check out her extensive body of work her site is carlavalentine.co.uk and if you can't do graphic that's me Morticult is her spooky gardening username on Twitter and IG, which is full of cool, poisonous, and carnivorous plants and other spooky stuff. Whew, that's better. And a great big thank you to our sponsors, who have contributed monies to the ongoing success of the show and make it possible for us to make more episodes, maybe even closer together than we have been at some point. Ooh, ambitious. So thank you to... Jeremy Jones, are your bones too stiff? Do you need them crushed or karate chopped down into smaller pieces or even dust? Well, you're in luck. (laughs) Jeremy Jones has the strongest hands in the business and for only 199 easy installments of $49.95, he will squoosh your bones down into whatever shape and size suits your needs. 
With Dust for Bones, the possibilities are endless. Sick of paying for airfare? Mm. No problem! Without the hassle of regular shaped bones, bending yourself into a pretzel and mailing yourself in a cardboard shipping tube to far off destinations is a snap! Tired of losing your remote under the couch? Just out of reach? It's a non-issue when your shoulders will bend in any direction because your bones aren't all stupid and rigid anymore. Yes! There aren't enough hours in the day to sing the praises of having your bones squeezed into dusty little bits. So contact Jeremy Jones today! Not liable for unwanted consequences resulting in, but not limited to, shortening, bendiness, and this should go without saying, but obviously, death. And thank you to Alona. If you require the sweet release of death, but don't know how to get there, problem solved. Alona's super soft Bengal kitties will be hand-delivered to your door by an unsuspecting courier who has no idea what they've gotten themselves into. Upon delivery, these super soft Bengal kitties will snuggle you until you forget to breathe. Aww. If you thought breathing is something you don't have to remember to do, we're here to tell you yes. Usually yes, but no. Because these super soft and snuggly Bengal kitties just happen to be magical psychopomps conjured into existence by Alona herself. So fear not. Death is at your door. And it's really, really adorable. Aww. Aww. Super Soft Bengal Kitty, Psychopomps is not liable for death. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? Also want to say a thank you to two of our Apple podcast reviewers. Skimikintyre, who said our insights help them accept and celebrate their mortality. Aw, that's like what we're trying to do. I know. I mean, it's working. It's working? For somebody, apparently. So, yeah, thanks, Skimikintyre. What do you think that user's name is about? Skim McIntyre? They left out some vowels, so I don't know. We may never know. They're in a tire. No. Oh, like the progressively bigger tires that ladies hit under their crinolines that resulted in skid marks. Mm -hmm. Don't get trapped in a skid mark cage, Skim McIntyre. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get trapped in a skid mark cage. I mean, that goes for all of our listeners. Mm. Hey. Hey, you, person listening to this right now, yes, you, I know you're just trying to manage your day, you've got an agenda, there's some you need to get done, I don't want to overwhelm you, you're doing great, but just while you're keeping your together and maybe even trying to get a little bit ahead in the world, I know, it's a lot to handle, especially right now, just don't get trapped in a skid mark cage. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes without saying, and I'm confident you can handle this one. So anytime you're feeling down about life or hard on yourself, just remember, you've gotten this far and managed to avoid being trapped in the skid mark cage, and that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, unless you haven't. Oh. Maybe you're trapped in a skid mark cage right now, <laughs> and if that's the case, I don't know what to tell you. Another special thank you to um, Amaze Addict uh, 69 who wrote us a review. Yay! Reviews <laughs> really help us find new followers that mm-hmm. are as kooky and spooky as you, dear listener. Yes. So if you have a moment, get out there and write something weird to keep people wondering what the heck your screen name means. Yeah, super weird. Amaze is a person of few words and wrote that they listen while they ride the bus. Well, first of all, <laughs> great name. Um, I'm not sure if you're addicted to a maze, like a labyrinth, mm. or maybe you are attached to the idea of amazement and you went for brevity. Something we're clearly not capable of. 
<laughs> or option three that I can't think of. And then of course, um, I assume the number 69 refers to the bus that you take or mm -hmm. your favorite bus. Mm -hmm. So thanks for taking the time to review the show and may your bus rides be not jam packed full of sweaty people or unnerving creeps. Good luck. We've gotten a few orders of uh, business out of the way here. Might as well skip on ahead to the next one <laughs> <laughs> that we should have done from episode one. But, you know. If you've been listening to the show and are super confused about who the hell we are, let me tell you, you're in good company. Nobody can understand, nor can they spell my name, and, well, we just haven't told you who the f co-host is this whole time. Nope. Weird. I know. Well, now hopefully you feel less disoriented, or more. Who knows? That's fun, too. But let's end the suspense here, because co-host has decided you are maybe not a serial killer stalker, and is going to divulge her name in this very episode. Yeah, don't let me down on this one, folks. <laughs> We're over 10 episodes into this. Uh, I feel like it's probably about time to maybe do some introductions. <laughs> so. so hello, audience. I am Faye. Good luck spelling that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have trouble with it, honestly. <laughs> and uh, you can call me Eritrus. Please to make your acquaintance. Don't stalk us. Or only a little bit, but not in a scary way. We trust you. Kinda. <laughs> Eritress, mm -hmm. let me start this month's episode off with a question. If your answer involves your butt, you don't have to answer. Mm, what if I want to more? Do you believe in reincarnation yet? Wait, no. Do you have any birthmarks? Yes, I have birthmarks. Doesn't anyone who's born from human seed have birthmarks? <laughs> I don't know. I... I think not everybody has them. Human seed? Gross. And why did you answer that like you're a demon disguised inside a human skin suit? What? Why? Yes. I, who am human, has birthmarks, <laughs> as do all humankind who are just normal humans. Humaning. Nothing to see here. Move along, human. I mean, other human... <laughs> So, the perfectly normal human sitting across from me claims to have birthmarks on its skin suit. Listeners, do you have birthmarks? Do you not have birthmarks? This is weird. I always think about all the things, and that is a thing that I had not thought about yet, and now I feel weird. If you don't have birthmarks, I'm gonna need you to let us know. I'm gonna be wondering if that's a thing now. Anyway. There is a theory about birthmarks that has some evidence to back it up. So listeners, think now about your birthmarks, if you have them, I guess. And if you don't have them, then think about the fact that you don't have them. Now, this theory states that some birthmarks, maybe all birthmarks? I'm not sure how many birthmarks, but at least some of the birthmarks are leftover scars from your death in a past life. <gasps> Listeners, do you have a birthmark? Is it on your butt? You don't have to answer that, but just know that if you don't answer me right now, then I'll know it's probably on your butt. 
I know you think that since this is a podcast, we can't hear you, but it doesn't matter if you're at a stoplight and there are people standing on the corner within earshot or you're at work and your coworker is only a few feet away, but I'm going to need you to say out loud in a firm tone, it's not on my butt. Then we'll know that you're not hiding anything. You know, the more I think about it, I kind of wish I had a birthmark on my butt. That would be cute. Uh, I did. It wasn't. What? Discuss. Wait, was it a tail? Was your demon tail Uh, poking out through your human skin suit? My human skin prison, you mean? (laughs) (laughs) If if only it were that interesting of a story. Wait, save it for the end. Okay. The butt is the end. Get it? If you recall (laughs) our previous episodes about reincarnation, you might recognize the name of our friend, our old pal, Dr. Ian Stevenson, the founder of the Division of Perceptual Studies. Oh, the guy with the car phone that he uses to call his yacht phone. Exactly. If you tuned in last whenever that was, you'll remember that Dr. Stevenson established DOPS in order to conduct research using scientific methodology to investigate currently unexplained phenomena involving the nature of consciousness and its relationship to matter. Examples include ESP, apparitions, deathbed visions, after-death communications, poltergeists, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, and children's memories of previous lives. Children's memories of previous lives. Right, which we all know are figments of their imagination. Get out (laughs) of your own house, which we are recording in right now because we can't afford a studio. The nerve. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I'll just awkwardly crab walk past you down this narrow ass hallway then, I guess. (laughs) It's such a narrow hallway. (laughs) What do crabs make? What sound? In our previous episode about reincarnation, we talked about the case of James Leininger. Linger. James L. Little James remembered so much of his past life, and the people involved in the story were able to verify so much of the story that it has all the makings of a great case. Except one. Can you guess what that is? Mm, no free donuts? No free donuts. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, I don't want to lose your attention here, but there are no free donuts in this story either, to my knowledge. Okay, I don't want to lose your attention here. So I can only assume that you don't particularly care if I pay much attention to it, because <laughs> if you want me to pay attention to it, you'll sprinkle this story with donuts. Mmm, <laughs> donuts with sprinkles. Mm. I do prefer a good glaze to sprinkles, though. Oh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite donut places started doing this mango glaze during COVID. Ooh, introducing so the reincarnation case of Pernima Ekanayak. Okay. Mm. You know, I was already having trouble with the other last name, and now what am I going to do? Little Pernima began speaking of a previous life when she was three years old. (gasps) 
The year was 1990, and while kids in America were watching Saved by the Bell and crushing Doritos and Squeeze-It bottles into their gullets, Pernima was at the top of her class enjoying fancy dresses and beginning to tell her parents about her previous life. Wait, do you mean Mondo? Mondo? Mondo! Whoa. Why do I still have brain cells devoted to knowing what that is? (laughs) Especially with such branding mondo mm. come on squeeze it's clearly the winner here yeah just tell us what to do with it thank you squeeze it got it good exactly Go my <laughs> anyone who's young enough to not have wasted brain cells devoted to knowing what we're talking about needs to look it up right now because words don't do it justice yeah but before you conduct an internet search or you know if you have your hands around a delicious ice cream cone and are unable to use a keyboard right Mm. now or your hands are around something else (laughs) like uh mondo (laughs) yeah Uh, i'll try to explain mondo Uh, okay so imagine if kool-aid came prepackaged in little individual bottles oh wait a second There were Kool-Aid bursts, too. Okay, this is getting out of control now. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. They were all part and parcel of the same soft drink space in the 90s. Mm -hmm. They were all vibrantly colored. Yeah, with dyes like red number five, which they later figured out causes cancer, which causes death. So, welcome to our podcast about ruining your childhood. Yay! Yeah, Hmm. and uh, highly sweetened soft drinks. High fructose corn syrup! I'm (laughs) sorry, did you want to enjoy anything in life? Because you're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So Mondo came in soft plastic bottles that, like, mm-hmm. the Jetsons totally would have stacked in their outer space fridges. Oh, totally. You twist off the almost solid plastic crescent-shaped top. Oh, yeah. So they didn't have caps, really. The bottle was all sort of cast in one piece. So you could twist the top bit off. Yeah. And then you just reveal a little urethra orifice-sized <laughs> opening. <laughs> And you squeeze the two soft shaft of the bottle, and voila! <laughs> your weirdly pliable soft drink container steadily pees its neon contents into your mouth. <laughs> okay, calm down now. This is a PG podcast. Oh, or wait, is it? Right? Okay, yeah, that's what uh, I thought. If it wasn't, we wouldn't have left that in. Mm-hmm. Wait. Trumpet. Bag. Flaps. Thunder Man, you're really on it with those bleeps. That's why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> From now on, you may address me as Flaps Thunder <laughs> Do I have that in writing? So, so while young Flaps Thunder was choking back a squeeze it and slamming a hot pocket, the 90s were all about consuming items ending in it. Because not knowing what your food or beverage actually contained was all the rage. Mm-hmm. Okay, while well, you're on your couch knocking back processed food items and wondering if the bell was ever going to save these privileged high school students from California, a girl in India was remembering her past life. Exactly. Except not really. Because my parents didn't let me eat any of that shit. They belonged to some hippie co-op where I would sneak in after they'd unpacked the groceries and climb up the kitchen counter like a spider monkey to break into the top cupboard where they kept the snacks, only to experience the biggest disappointment of my life when what I thought was the only chocolate to make it into the house was actually a bag of nasty, half-stale carob chips. I hope my next therapy session is soon. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Clearly. On that note, 
let's bring it back to something less traumatic than still carob chips. Hmm. Traffic accidents and death. Perfect. Little Bernima lived with her parents in Bakamuna. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Mm, let's just avoid saying it again so we don't have to be wrong. Perfect. That will make telling this story super smooth. So that place that I just said is a village town in central Sri Lanka. One day, there was a traffic accident near Little Purnima's house that upset her mother. And that's when Little Purnima started to get kind of creepy. Her first statement that can be linked to something we are still grasping to understand was, People who drive over people in the street are bad persons. Which, I mean, we can all get behind that, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, as someone who lives in constant terror of this threat since most of my commuting is done by bicycle, mm. no argument here. Mm-hmm. That's maybe not the strangest thing for a person who's witnessed a traffic accident to say, even if they are three. But she followed it up with telling her mother, Do not think about this accident. I came to you after such an accident. Hmm. And proceeded to tell her mother how she had been run over by a large vehicle, closed her eyes... And then came here. Hmm. When her mother asked if she'd been taken to a hospital when she was run over, Purnima replied, No, a heap of iron was on my body. Are the hairs on the back of your neck standing up right now? What about the hairs on your butt? Why is this episode so focused on butts? Thoughts. I mean, since you're asking... I do braid the hairs on my butt specifically <laughs> so that they don't stand up. Also, you know, a nice French braid on the old Asaru really amps up the class level. So without being too fancy pants, you know, you got impromptu cocktail hour with your partner's co-workers, French braided ass. Last minute tennis lesson before casual dinner with friends, French braided ass. Splashing around in a free-flowing street hydrant with the neighborhood kids, Fresh rated ass. That sounds a little fancy for a hydrant party. Uh, I guess it depends on the kind of hydrant parties you go to. Oh. Wow. What are you talking about? I don't know. Please make me stop. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As sometimes happens with these children who tell stories of remembering a past life, about 20% actually, Purnima also remembered an in-between place between her most recent lives. She told her mother that after the accident, she had floated in the air in semi-darkness for a few days. She saw people mourning for her and crying and saw her body at her own funeral. She also said that there were many people like her floating around. And I can't for the life of me figure out what the hell that means. Mm, Yeah, the skeptic in me has to ask if she was confusing them with birds. What? There are some really large birds, you know, human-sized even. Kids know what birds are. (laughs) I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm only talking to our listeners for the rest of the story. (laughs) Fine, there's no donuts in it anyway, so. (laughs) Listeners, not Eritrus, do you think that little Permina was talking about ghosts? That are just, like, hanging around at all times. Every f***ing time I get in the shower, I think about how weird peeping Tom ghosts might be hovering around, like, 
right in front of my face watching me, and I can't see them. What? So they could be like, I don't, I don't know, licking my face with their creepy ghost tongues, and I wouldn't even know. Why? Uh, horror movies? <laughs> the age-old question. If a face gets licked by creepy ghost tongues in the shower, but no one there can feel it, does it still happen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Counter question. If there's no way to know if your face is getting licked by creepy ghost tongues in the shower, then are you essentially getting psychologically licked by creepy <laughs> ghost tongues all the time? Because you can never know either way, but now you can never unthink it. Mm-hmm. I long for the days before I ever had that thought because now showers are just ruined forever yeah uh i think it's safe to say you just ruined the showers for some listener out there forever too (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) Mm -hmm. hey some people have a thing where they like being watched and licked by ghost tongues so i guess Um, everyone else, sorry, but you're probably at home watching American Horror Story or The Ring or some shit all the time anyway, so it's not like any of this is news. Also, don't anybody try to start a band called Licked by Ghost Tongues, because that's mine. You can make posters for it, though, if you want. I gotta say, high-class organs might still be available, though. Oh, that's so good. Let's just decide that real life is nowhere near as creepy as a that we can come up with in our twisted and shriveled minds. So maybe everyone was just floating around more like a limbo waiting room where they don't have an agenda or watch you in the shower or lick your face. Maybe everyone is just kicking it until their number gets called. Ooh, like the waiting room in Beetlejuice when the Maitlands are trying to see their caseworker. (gasps) Yes! If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't wouldn't have had had my my little accident. accident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so good. Ugh, that's a lot more comforting than the ghost licking thing, I think. To be honest, neither one is super appealing, but let's go with that. Okay. In this in-between place, little Pernima described seeing some light, going to it, and then arriving in Bakamuna with her family. Damn it, we weren't going to say that again in case I'm butchering it. Oh, well. <clears throat> this is the other weird thing about stories like this. For Pernima, floating around in ghost limbo, her perception of time was that she was in some kind of ethereal waiting room for only a few days. Hmm, sounds like the kind of place that would for sure keep Enya on loop like 24-7. <laughs> you know, if time is even a thing there. Mm-hmm. I'm also picturing like bowls of candy, but the mm-hmm. kind of candy where you just have a couple and not whole fistfuls. Oh, like those tiny dum-dum lollipops that barely even count as candy because you can eat one in about five seconds and then you're just left with a soggy, papery lollipop stick dissolving all over your mouth. Mm. But then in the ethereal waiting room, it's worse. (gasps) They all are, like, suspiciously only lime-flavored. No. And you know that they don't even come in bags of just one flavor. So you have to guess that maybe they're the gross leftover flavor that nobody ever wanted. But then you think about it more and realize with how many lime lollipops come per bag that this is way more than just one bag's worth of worst flavor lollipops. Mm -hmm. And you have to wonder... How long has this been going on for? Probably all of eternity. I was picturing more like something you kind of want, but not a lot of. Hmm. Werther's? No one eats like 20 of those, right? One, maybe two Werther's. Should be enough for anyone. Dead or undead. I love Werther's. 
Yes. Me too. Did you just wear their shaming? No, I love them. It's just you never need more than a couple to achieve full Werther's satisfaction. Uh, also, why the F are they named Werther's? That's the worst name for a candy ever. Did they name them in 1903 or something? Mm. I get them when I go through airports. And not to spoil your theory about not needing more than a couple of them, but I sneak them into my face the whole length of my flight. Like, I'm 102 years old and it's the only thing keeping me alive. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes I think you're a young person in an old person's body, so that math checks out. <laughs> Proof of reincarnation yet again! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I definitely feel like a young person in an old person's body, or an old person in a young person's body, or maybe I'm just like a vampire or something, right? <laughs> when that, that's not a thing, that, nobody... Nobody's nobody here is a vamp. No Obvious. demons or vampires <clears throat> that's here. Silly. There's no such thing as vampires. <clears throat> I can only hope that my ethereal waiting room has Werther's when I'm dead. I'm gonna take the whole bowl for myself and get sent straight to hell. <gasps> what if it's a separate Werther's hell and it's a room full of empty wrappers with one of them <gasps> containing a little half sliver of Werther's inside the wrapper? <laughs> No! <laughs> Where there's hell is the worst! Oh, W-E-R. <laughs> A little sliver of candy. Mm-hmm. Like someone sucked on it already and spit it back into the wrapper? Uh, oh, kill me. Wait, don't kill me. I'll go to where there's hell. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> While little Perny misperception of this ethereal waiting room that may or may not have bowls of suspicious lime dum-dums or stale Werther's originals only lasted a few days, the time between her previous death under a bus and her birth into the life where she is known as little Pernima spanned about two years. <gasps> time is an illusion! Ooh, I can get behind this statement 100%. Yeah. As a chronically late person, oh. <laughs> likely due to my chronic anxiety, I fully back the idea that time is bull**** mm-hmm. and we should stop using it. Mm-hmm. Get your work done when you can. Meet for lunch when you're both hungry. Start planning birthday parties for two meals after the next sleep nights and be done with it already. Okay, let's meet at 11 a.m. Why? What are you, some kind of control freak? <laughs> I mean, (laughs) do you have to ask? You've known me long enough. Now, some people just really have their together. Whoa, wonder what that's like. (laughs) And let me tell you, Pernima's mom was one of those people. For a few years, Pernima would rattle off things that she said were true of her previous life, and instead of going, of course, sweetheart, eat your cereal, Pernima's mom took notes. Bam. Bam. Pernima described remembering a life where she was a man. Hmm. She worked with her family making two types of incense. She named them as Ambiga and Geta Picha. I might be butchering those too. So, you know, just hang in there. This was her only job because, as she put it, her father, who was not a teacher like her current father, had been a bad man who thought there was no need for him per Nima, to go to school and that he could make money just fine selling incense. Mm-hmm. Because of this, 
he, Purnima, only studied up to the fifth grade where he attended the Rahula School, a two-story building taller than her current school by one story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but the shade this kid is throwing at her past life father, it wouldn't take any more than that to convince me that she is legit. Whoever coined the phrase, you can't take it with you, wasn't talking about grudges, I'll tell you that much. Hmm, that's all it would take, huh? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) She stated details of her previous life in which her, I mean his, mother was a very fair woman named Simona. She had two younger brothers. Pernima said that she, he, had been married to a woman named Kusumi and later had another wife. According to Little Pernima, it was this family that ran the incense company, and later they employed two other people to help. She remembered that the incense factory was near a brick factory and a pond, and they owned two vans and a car. She would walk around with her hands clasped behind her back, demonstrating how she would check on her workers' progress. She detailed that it was while bringing this incense to the market on a bicycle. Ah, pedaling along, getting some exercise, smelling all good and spicy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the trigger warning part, but we'll be brief and not terribly specific. And honestly, you already know what's coming. I mean, you're listening to a death podcast, so... (laughs) Anyway, it was while bringing this incense to market on a bicycle that past Pernima had been killed, <gasps> run over by a large vehicle. No. So, that's a lot from a child of between like three and I don't know, I want to say like seven ish. Mm. If this was your kid, what are you thinking? Oh. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about donuts, but uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Shocking. First of all, I'm thinking, how the f*** did I end up with this kid? Uh, <laughs> I tried so hard for so many years not to have a kid that my main question would be like, where did this kid come from? <laughs> like, did the 69 bus just drop her off on my doorstep one day like the stork? Oh, wait, the 69 never brings about kids. Uh, if it does, you're doing it wrong. But, okay, let's say you had committed to motherhood and wanted mm-hmm. a kid, or, I don't know, maybe not, you know, shit happens, but mm-hmm. you end up with this kid. So how would you deal with this wild story she's telling you? I like how you just said <laughs> you wanted a kid or not happens. <laughs> <laughs> People out there are listening like, mm-hmm. I didn't want this kid either, honey. <laughs> Um, well, for one, I'd be glad that she's imaginative and I'd be encouraging her because imagination is precious and it's something that so many people lose later in life. Oh, that's so supportive of you. Thanks. Wait, but also skeptical. But even as far as imagination goes, it's oddly specific. One evening, little Pernima's family was watching a documentary that mentioned the River Colombo, and without skipping a beat, Pernima said, I lived there, on the other side of the river. Hmm. The other side of the river was an area called Catalonia, and that happened to be where one of little Pernima's new teachers was from. His name was 
Sumanasiri, I think. And he frequently went back to the area that little Purnima recognized as her undead home. He took interest in her story and did some investigating of his own one weekend when he was in the area. Sumanasiri, the teacher, found that there had been a couple incense makers in the area, one who had stopped working and another named Wijasiri that belonged to a whole family of incense makers. Hmm. It was this second incense maker that sounded familiar. When the two met and the incense maker was asked about his family, he told little Purnima's teacher that he produced two brands of incense. Do we remember what the brands were that little Purnima listed from her previous life? Uh, I remember they were not English words, and even if they were, I probably still wouldn't remember them, to be perfectly honest. Exactly. Ambiga and Gitapicha. Gitapicha. However you pronounce those. Mm -hmm. And do you want to know which brands of incense this man's family made? Hmm. Well, since your eyes are shining with glee and you're drawing out the suspense, (laughs) trying to keep me on tenterhooks, waiting for the next part of the story... I'm going to take an estimated guess and say Ambiga and Gita Picha. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> how crazy is that? Okay, wait. Let me tell you how crazy that is. These brands of incense weren't like Nag Champa or something that just anyone would know about because it can be found all over the place. Mm-hmm. Nobody she spoke to had ever heard of this incense until they found the family that makes it. Is your reality folding in on itself right now? <laughs> or are you like, I knew it? <laughs> Wait, you said estimated guess. Did you mean educated guess? Oh, Yes, I did. Well, I've never had a formal education on reincarnation, so how could oh, I take an educated guess? True. This is the part where I wish we could do a montage of us going to the Division of Perceptual Studies and getting a <gasps> formal education on reincarnation. But alas. Oh, we're skipping over across the grassy knoll, climbing the steps of... <laughs> Dops University, and then one of us drops our books, and then the other one comes over to help us pick it up, and then we have a sweet little meet cute laughing Aww. about how clumsy we are. And there's whimsical accordion music playing mm. in the background, like in Amelie, except creepier, maybe more like the barrel organ music from the city of lost children. Ooh, can that be the story we tell people about how we met? <laughs> Side note to listeners, if you haven't seen the city of lost children and you want a week's worth of cough syrup style nightmares and a French accent, I'm telling you, look no further. Hmm. While little Pernima's teacher, Sue. Siri. Mm-hmm. You know, people have so much trouble with my name all the time. What is it? Bay? May? Like, oh, it starts with an F, so like, B, Fi, <laughs> F, Fum. At least I have the decency to be born with a name that's only one syllable. How hard is that? Mm. This guy. The mm. nerve. Yeah. Okay. Let me try to be less American for a second. Good luck. <sighs> were that we could all <laughs> anyone with a green card option out there hey uh, just throwing it out there <laughs> death party uh what's our thing? lonely <laughs> podcast at gmail anyways yeah while little pernima's teacher sumana siri spoke with widget siri 
the incense maker from across the river, a story unfolded about the man's colleague. Mm. The colleague's name had been Jinadasa, and the two men had had a business making incense together. They had married each other's sisters. Ew. Uh, wait, hold up. What? Let's back up a step or two, because that okay. first step is a doozy. W- the sisters? If I marry your brother, you would be my sister-in-law. I don't have a brother. Okay, well, you do for the sake of this example. Oh, well, then you have my blessing. I don't think your husband will like it, though. Eh, forget about him. Okay, I married your brother. You <laughs> okay. are now my sister-in-law. Sure. Now you marry my brother. Oh, you have a brother? Where have you been hiding him this whole time? No. okay, I don't have a brother. Just use your imagination. Uh, okay. Uh, his name is Aloysius, and he's eight feet tall. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, you marry my eight-foot-tall brother, Aloysius. Okay. That would make you my sister-in-law. And we would look really funny in photos <laughs> together. I could sit on his knee, and it would make me look like a tiny mm-hmm. person. Okay, sorry. Just stop using your imagination for a second, actually. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> it's hard. I'm not sure I can. Are you done? Okay. Okay, so you were already my sister-in-law when I married your imaginary brother. Mm-hmm. We can't be sister-in-laws to the second power. Can't we? Does the second one cancel the first one out? Uh, I mean, I guess I'm fine with however you want to do it. I don't know. I'm just saying, this family tree needs some more branches. It would make buying birthday presents way easier, though. you got to think about these things. Um... Anyway... The double sister marriage thing isn't the point, really. My point, which I was getting to, was that these dudes and their sister wives ran the business together until one day in 1985 when Jinnadasa had been on his way to market to sell incense on his bicycle and had been run over by a bus and killed. Okay? Right? Right? I know what you're thinking. What an unbelievable coincidence. He rides a bike, you ride a bike, and then you're spiraling thinking about getting hit by a bus. Well, reel it in, sister, because you're supposed to be thinking about how this child from some little village on the opposite side of a river knew all about this dude who died in a super spooky way. Do we need to take some anti-anxiety stuff? How are we doing? I mean, it's kind of hard to put myself in the shoes of working like a full-time job on the other side of the world than the one I grew up on. Although I do like biking and incense, it's hard to imagine furiously pedaling my adult human man legs to the next town so I can drop off incense. (laughs) Okay, good. Let's keep that disconnect going so we don't get too triggered. Sure. I was nervous that would freak you out with the bicycle thing. You also don't have a sister wife, which helps. It has gotten me out of a few pickles. True. Mm-hmm. After this family with complicated interpersonal dynamics was discovered by little Pernima's teacher with too long of a name and the link between Pernima's stories and the possibility of her being the undead incense peddler was put together... Pernima's parents took her to visit the family unannounced. Rude. (laughs) Showing up. It was a surprise visit. Well, they should have brought a cake. Donuts? (laughs) Maybe they did bring a cake. Maybe they brought donuts. Little Pernima recognized the incense maker instantly as he approached, announcing that this man was her (gasps) brother-in-law. That's where the sister wives come in. That connection would make little Pernima the incense maker's brother-in-law, Jinadasa. 
undead brother-in-law. Is everyone still following this? Mm. If you're lost, you know, join the club. I'm the one telling the story, and I'm completely lost. Anyways, that's what the rewind button is for. Whoa, rewind. Way to grandma it up. Our Gen Z (laughs) listeners have no idea what rewind is. That's what it's called. Okay, wait. I think they just recently started referring to it as jump back on podcasting apps. But just because people these days don't have to mash a big square chunk of a button down and then listen to little squiggly chipmunk sounds while they (laughs) count down in their head to estimate how far back are they going to end up and then inevitably listen to the same five minutes over and over again Mm. because it's too hard to get back to the spot you're trying to find. That doesn't mean they don't know what rewind is called. Kids have it too easy these days. Oh, God. Honestly. Cell phones still use the icon of an old rotary phone receiver, and people know what it symbolizes. Mm. Although, I watched a show where kids tried to use a rotary phone today, and it was hilarious watching them be like, Hey, Siri, at it. Oh, why don't you log on to your GeoCities website? (laughs) Maybe you want to blog about how your video cassette tape got munched before you could record Total Request Live. In anticipation of your favorite band's new music video launch, you would... Adorable fossil. (laughs) Well, if I'm a fossil, then you should know that they don't call it blogging anymore either. They call it TikToking. What? Who calls it TikToking? (laughs) Clock makers? People making clocks? Have I told you I think I was a clockmaker in a past life? No. I don't know. I'm obsessed with old broken clocks. It's the only logical answer, really. Is it the only one? <sighs> I'm so old. When did this happen? But also, with all my worldly experience, I feel like I'm a really good storyteller. If the goal is to confuse the out of everyone and go on a bunch of side tangents for a million years and forget what I was talking about entirely. Oh man. Yeah, we would get every golden statuette ever if this was an award category. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing it's not because I don't have a lot of shelf space left with all the other bullshit I collect. Mm. It might be one of my smaller goals in all this is just making everyone feel completely disoriented and lost in a strange strange land. Yeah, sow the seeds of chaos, always. Jeez, where were we? Oh, something about Sri Lanka and incense and maybe or maybe not donuts. Definitely donuts. <laughs> okay, so little Purnima's parents have taken her to see the incense maker from across the river. Right. Widgesiri was confused by little Purnima's statement that she was, in fact, his dead brother-in-law. So you're not alone if you're confused at this point. There you go. And he tried to send Purnima and her family away, but they weren't having any of that. What? They wouldn't leave? When you go through all the effort to find your undead self's brother-in-law, you get that f***er to listen to your story, am I right? Oh, wait. Who's listening to a story right now? Are you listening to my story? Don't be daydreaming about little cakes or something. That's super rude. I would never. Everyone knows raised donuts are better than cakey donuts anyway. What? Team cakey donut over here. Thank you very much. Boo. No, wait. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) A boo ghost. (laughs) Donuts. So, 
Little Purnima goes into detail with the not-dead incense maker, Wijisiri. Not to be confused with the undead incense maker, Jinadasa, who is now Little Purnima. Yeah, good thing you said not to be confused, because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have been able to keep it straight. But totally following you. Go keep ahead. it straight, sister. <laughs> She goes into spooky accurate detail about how they had run their business together, information that she basically could not have known. She also wanted to know why the packaging on the incense had been changed after he had died, which it had. Hmm. Pretty specific knowledge of this dead man's life for a little-ass girl from a town on the opposite side of a river somewhere. Okay... Purnima continued to convince the other incense maker of her undead identity by referring to an old accident wherein the other, not dead incense maker, had hurt his knee, and other details that, again, only an undead incense maker could know. <gasps> this little girl could only be the undead incense maker, Jinadasa, who had been smushed under a bus years prior. <laughs> who it turns out, was a f***ing scoundrel. Whoa. Because it was around this time that little Purnima confided in her mother, of all people, that she that he had had two wives <gasps> and to keep it on the DL. Ooh. Yep. She is quoted as having said, This is a secret. Don't give them my address. They might trouble me. F***ing cad. Wow. I'm not sure how I feel about calling I think around this time she might have been six or something maybe so I'm not sure how I feel about calling a six year oldish girl a cad but he was a cad a real rapscallion to boot nobody knows what a rapscallion is anymore okay you started it sister (laughs) you're just gonna make them more confused if they have to keep referencing a dictionary this week's episode brought to you by the dictionary yes (laughs) The dictionary. <laughs> Listening to a podcast so you don't have to look anything up your damn self? Well, too bad, mother. <laughs> you're going to use a dictionary and you're going to cultivate a burgeoning proclivity regarding doing so. <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> okay, so at this point, little Pernima is getting so spooky that it's drawing some attention. A psychologist and research associate at the American Society for Psychical Research named Erlander Haraldson. <laughs> struggle through it. <laughs> Sorry, Icelandic people. I can't pronounce that one either. And honestly, you don't need that many extra letters anyway. Seriously. I thought those Nords were supposed to be minimalists. Yeah. Who's really running Ikea? We're hip to your ruse, whoever you are. Don't think that we don't know that you build those places like a maze so we can never get out, Whoa. jerks. Just when you find me asleep on a pile of your haugesunds that I've dragged into your teen bedroom display, I got trapped by your dark patterns and you've got no one to blame but yourself. I think... I Wait, think I is Swedish? Swedish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess none of that is Erlander Haroldson's mm. fault mm-hmm. then. Yeah, got it the second time. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> At first glance, he's not part of the evil IKEA empire, so... We can trust him. Mm -hmm. 
Instead, he worked with our old pal, Dr. Ian Stevenson at DOPS, studying oh. reincarnation stories, and carried out multiple visits with Pernima's parents and others around her who had witnessed this absolute spooky business. So this guy, Erlander, was able to actually verify many of the details that little Pernima had reported about her past life, including the thing about the two ladies in Undead Pernima's romantic affairs. All the information she had given about these women in his past life was completely accurate. Hmm. Down to the small twist that undead Pernima wasn't exactly married to both the women he was spending his time with, which is still damn accurate for some six-year-old from another town on the other side of a river, and also something a complete cad would try to be hazy about. Yeah, true. Cads and their interminable subterfuge, am I right? You said it, brother. (laughs) In the case of little Pernima, 20 statements that she made about her past life where she lived as Jinadasa were recorded. When they were investigated, three statements could not be checked, three were incorrect, and the rest were all true. What? 14 statements. <gasps> Another detail of her case that Erlander looked into was a strange spattering of birthmarks that little Pernima had across her ribcage on the left side. This area is where she described being hit by the bus that had ended her past life. During Erlander's research into Pernima's case, he obtained permission to see the autopsy of Jinadasa, which showed the area where the man had been underneath the bus. Mm. The vehicle had driven diagonally across the man's chest, which did bad things to his body. Yeah. Specifically, his lungs. When Erlander compared his report to Pernima's cluster of birthmarks, he noted that the discoloration on her ribcage was in the exact location of Jinadasa's fatal injury. Ooh. Now you might be thinking to yourself, what are the odds? (gasps) What are the odds? That you knew I'd be thinking to myself, what are the odds? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you. In the cases of reincarnation studied at DOPS, it's actually a common occurrence in children who remember past lives to have birthmarks that match up with fatal wounds from a previous life that they remember. Is it? About 35% of the children studied who remember past lives have birthmarks and or abnormalities that they attribute to wounds from a previous life which the child remembers. Yeah, it doesn't sound that common to me. 210 of these children have been investigated by the Division of Perceptual Studies. Mm-hmm. In the cases where an undead child's statements unmistakably matched a deceased person's life, a close correspondence was almost always found between the birthmarks and or birth anomalies of the child and the wounds on the deceased person that they remembered being. Hmm. Gross. <laughs> Out of 49 cases in which they were able to obtain a medical document, usually a post-mortem report, it confirmed the correspondence between past life wounds and current life birthmarks or birth defects in 43 of them. Hmm. 43 out of 49. So what? Children who remember a past life as another person, 
who people were then able to track down and match up to a person who had actually lived this remembered life, mm-hmm. who researchers were able to confirm had died in a way that left a mark on the person's body that was documented that is also present on the undead child's body in the same spot. Mm-hmm. What the ever-loving <laughs> dude is crazy. I'm convinced. Are you convinced yet? Come the f*** on. I mean, do you really want me to answer that? <laughs> okay. Everybody. So, remember in the beginning of the episode when I asked you to think about your birthmarks or lack of birthmarks? Here's what I want to know. Based on the location and shape of your birthmarks, if you have them, I guess, How do you imagine that you died in a past life? We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, an Instagram, and a Twitter. So if you're on any of those platforms, leave us a comment about how you think you died in your last life based on your birthmark. And if you don't have a birthmark, leave a comment about why you think you don't have one in relation to the concept of reincarnation. I'm going to go first. Because I have a birthmark. It's a jagged, splotchy, light coffee-colored mark on my side, just below my armpit, kind of right back, like, where my boob starts to be a thing. Mm, It's in line with my heart, but on the side, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And here's the weird part. I have a broken-off piece of that same birthmark on the inside of my arm on the same side, positioned just so that when my arm is down by my side, they touch. Your arm touches your side? That's how arms work. Yeah. But so my birthmark is, like, on both. Oh. Even though they're not necessarily, like, connected, like, right there. They're connected in a totally different spot. But the birthmarks line up and touch. Like, if you colored a spot on your arm and then you put it down and it touched your side and then you would get that mark on your side. It's like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only, I'm mostly sure that's not how birthmarks work. Mm, So, I think in my past life, maybe I was, like, shot or stabbed. I don't know. Maybe I was, like, monched on by a bear or, like, right in the side. And in the process, they got a little piece of my arm that was right there. If this whole story about little Pernima and perceptual researchers and multiple accounts of children remembering past lives that can be tracked down and matched up, if all that doesn't have you convinced yet, then I feel like maybe I just got you there at the end with my weird birthmark. Hmm. Yeah, I have a birthmark. I actually, it was so big that I had to get it removed. So the dermatologist was like, I don't know, we should probably take care of that because it could be a problem later. So I said, okay, great, I've got insurance. Let's do this thing. Like it was a tail and you couldn't sit down in a chair straight? No, Faye. No. (laughs) Maybe. No. It was on my side, like right at the top of my pants. Oh, like a third limb. Right over, no. No. (laughs) That would make buying pants tricky. It was like, I don't know, because there's not really bones over there. It's like at the top of my hip. Oh. Yeah, so not a tail, probably not a limb. Hmm. Maybe if I was a fish. Maybe like a Siamese twin that you ate most of them, and that's the <laughs> only part that was left. It wasn't that big. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like pencil eraser 
too oh, big. Okay. Yeah. You could have started with that. I mean, I guess it was sort of shaped like a skull, but that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it was shaped no. like a skull. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Then you would have kept it. Yeah, then I would have kept it. But I got it removed. And um, what year was that? It must have been. Do you have it? Did you like keep it in a little jar? Do you talk to it at night and keep it under your pillow? <laughs> do, you, do you want me to say yes? I feel like it would make a better story. It probably would. Let's say yes. Well, they oftentimes won't let you keep it. I know because I know right. somebody that asked to keep something that was removed from his body yeah they wouldn't let me keep anything they've removed from my body i mean i guess if you got super friendly with a doctor and you let them know that you would never throw them or how friendly are we talking under the bus (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like they could probably lose their license or something i don't know or i was told it's bio biohazardous waste yes yeah so but then i know other people that have their teeth that got pulled out so what the i think teeth are different because it's not if there's no because you can wash them them. yeah but you can clean it off but i'm talking about like organs Mm. or skin Mm -hmm. yeah so i got it removed and i was like just do it as fast as possible because i don't want to Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on this slab forever. They got out a samurai sword and we're like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. okay. So if your birthmark was how you died in a previous life, what does that? What is that story? Someone stabbed me in the back, literally. Ooh. But it was a really fine tipped. It was like a fencing sword. Mm. They just jabbed it in there, and then your guts shot out through your butt. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be a really weird angle because it's like right on the edge of my side. So there's no organs over there. I don't know. I don't think there's like a lethal blow or anything that could happen in that spot. Hmm. It's not a load bearing foundational <laughs> wall. You got killed in your butt. Oh. Dead. But my braided French braid butt hairs should have absorbed all the impact. <laughs> All right, well, this is getting weird, so to anyone that's still listening, (laughs) based on your birthmarks, how do you think that you died in a past life? Get in here and tell us your story. Cats are allowed to. you're a weirdo like us and are enjoying the podcast, we will absolutely freak out if you write us a great spooky review. I'm freaking out right now just thinking about it. (laughs) Or tell a couple friends about us. Or join our Patreon. Or all of the above. Mm -hmm. We're doing our best to continue bringing you spooky, mysterious, and maybe comforting in a weird way content about death and all its weirdness Mm -hmm. and the more support we have from you all the more possibler that is because little podcasts like ours don't even show up in search results until we get more likes and more followers so if you want us to continue to exist do the thing pretty please please you can help make it happen and then give yourself a big old pat on the back because we think you're great and then whip around like, who was that? Ooh, who's there? Ah. As if your hand was a disembodied apparition. <gasps> that gets me every time. I bet it does. <laughs> so, in addition to revealing my very exciting name, 
that you can now call me when we meet face to face. Uh, <laughs> we do have an event lined up where you can meet me face to face if you are in our neck of the woods, which is Portland, Oregon. Oregon. It's pronounced Oregon. Um, <laughs> we will be at Oaks Park on September 4th from noon to 7 p.m. for the Swamp Meet. It's free to attend, and there will be spooky stuff to buy from local vendors. There's some spooky art. There's a fortune teller, live music, and even more swampy goodness. Including <laughs> maybe the best and swampiest goodness of all. Us. We're your, so swampy. Your favorite death obsessed podcast host Hooray! so come say hi um let us know if you uh you know just want to riff riff <laughs> about the uh podcast this whole thing we're doing and let us know if you have any ideas for uh an upcoming episode or something we'll think about it <laughs> bribes accepted episode ended like i feel like it kind of just like ended that was a story um <laughs> i don't really care then i won't care either down with society <laughs> down with society if you think as we were born women we owe you something society yeah i'm not even gonna smile for you let alone make up an ending yeah